Welcome to the Jammiest Bits of Jam storytelling podcast, where we share short stories, rough drafts really, based on a theme and given on a dare. Where are your hosts? Christina Kishbot and Cassie Soliday. I dared Christina to write a story about a princess. Oh my gosh, which is funny because my last story ambassador also featured a princess. So I'm just going to reread that one. No. Oh. You can't. Okay, good. Well, I... Are you going to improvise a whole story for us right now? Sure. No, just kidding. <laughs> just in case you said no, I did write a story about a princess. I like that you know me. But also, like, <laughs> in giving you, like, ambassador, I think it was, like, trying to go against your princess grain. Like, right. I really need to get better at giving you, like, the... <laughs> I will always write about princesses and lions. The end. <laughs> I kind of dig that, though. Yeah, it's like a... I think it's a cool aesthetic. Is there a lion in this story? No. But, no, I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> Maybe a theme someday will be Princess Lion. I almost, I almost, like, to just, like, razz you, wrote a story about a princess lion. <laughs> Amazing. I hope you do someday. I even had that story about a lion and a prince. You did. In the airplane. I liked it. so whenever you're ready oh okay here we go I always wanted to be a princess but it was never really about finding a prince well that's not true Let's say 20% of it was about finding a prince, and 20% was about the beauty, the dresses, jewels, hair, and the pageantry. 60% of it, though, 60% was about the dragon. I wanted to be in a position where a huge, beautiful, fire-breathing lizard would find me desirable, to swoop up and fly off with. I want to be enveloped in her huge talons, so sharp they can cut steel, but used with such exactness, I can lay belly down in her grasp and watch the world below fly by. I wanted to be a princess who doesn't hide in fear of the dragon, but slowly gains its trust and friendship. Yes, I want to live in a huge cave on a pile of treasure hoarded by the beast. I want to sleep in the crook of her stomach, and I want her to light a fire for me when I'm cold. She would bring me berries and small rabbits to eat. During the day, she'll take me up in the clouds and I'll balance precariously on her back. If I lose my balance and free fall back to the human world below, she would catch me again so gently in her massive talons. She would roll around in them to make me laugh, and I would make her a flower crown as big as a tree trunk for her magnificent head. We will become so close that language is just another barrier that represented our years of life apart. I will know her needs and her wants from a flicker of her tail or a shudder of her wings. She would trust me with every shining scale on her body. If someone were ever to try and rescue me from my friend, maybe that 20% prince I mentioned before, or some toxic masculine prince looking for reward money, or maybe a grateful princess to take to bed, we would play a game with them. I would pretend I am in desperate need of saving, grateful and relieved to see them. I'd get them comfortable enough to believe that not only is the dragon not home, but we have some time to steal some of the nasty beast's riches before she returns. Then, 
Right as Mr. Wonderful was trying on a crown or a ring, my dragon would emerge from the darkness and the fun would begin. And when it was all over, I would stand, ripped, singed dress, unfurled hair, eyes wild, my hand resting on my friend's chest, her massive heart beating in time with mine. She is my dragon, and I am her princess, and with her I am beloved, cherished, respected, cared for, and 100% powerful. So, wow, that was kinky. Kinky! <laughs> kind of. I mean, I like, I really loved how it was all about desire. Yeah. And it was all in, like, you know, that um, place in your mind where you go and daydream. <laughs> yes, yes. And when I first read it, or when I first wrote it, the dragon was a male. Yeah. But then I went through and changed it all to female. I like that. Because I was yeah. wondering, I was like, is this a man who wishes he was a princess? Or, like, oh. but I don't know why I thought That's that. That's an interesting take on it. Because first I thought I was like, oh, it's female. And then you said sh- her as a dragon. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but that's my uh, oh, totally. cisgendered brain working. Yes. But gotta, gotta be open. <laughs> I know. It's interesting how we, um, like, even it was so natural for me to write him and his and all these, you know, those pronouns. And then I was like wait a second, now it becomes this, like, he- like heteronormative relationship mm-hmm. with this big, strong man. And that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So when I changed it to a female dragon, it more became an, um, an extension of the narrator instead of just, like, yeah, this like it's not even I don't even think of the dragon as like a a female lover mm-hmm. I just think of it her as this the powerful extension mm-hmm. of the narrator oh very interesting yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I like that you had that thought and you went and changed all the pronouns and especially like now that you're saying that it's an extension of herself because like you know in like self-help sometimes you're like think about yourself five years from now mm-hmm. what would she do and mm-hmm. Um, imagine this, this, um, being you're going to grow into and having like your, um, the goal be powerful, like a dragon. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. And like, I did the whole, like the percentages stuff. And then at the end, I she's like that it did not add <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. did not at all. Um, and then at the end, she's a hundred percent powerful. Mm-hmm. So, um, 100% that dragon. Yes! <laughs> I love it. Um, so, and then it's actually based off of my favorite poem, um, which I don't know the name of and I don't know the author. What? I found it. I like this, your favorite. It you is my favorite poem. Um, but I found it on Tumblr one day and I don't know. Okay, wait, where's my phone? Did I'm you just you. like, so you found it on Tumblr one day? Did. Uh, was this long ago or when you were, like, looking for inspiration on what to write? No, this was years and you're, like, I was probably in college when I found it. So what triggered that memory when you were uh, sitting down to write well, on Princess? So, well, I've always, okay, this, this poem, right, it's always inspired me because it flips the script on the princess narrative of the dragon and the knight and all that. Um where in the end the princess is sheathed in fire and she's like this greater being than um, what the knight thinks of her. 
mm-hmm. and or what people think of her. I kind of want to read the poem. Read the poem. Can please. I read the yes, poem? Yes, read the poem. Okay. Read the inspo. Okay, so this is a poem. I did not write this poem. Who but wrote it's it? the inspo. I don't know. You Googled it. How does it not know? Oh, you shared it. I yeah, see. E-H. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. Is that the author? Probably. If you are listening and you wrote this poem, please uh, email me. Because <laughs> I've been wondering for years. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read it really quick. This is the poem. I used to love the stories about knights riding in to save princesses from dragons. Good and bad, well-defined. Unattained, uh, untainted, wait. <laughs> untainted triumph, true love, the domain of the pure at heart. Now I want to know about the dragon. I want the princess to fall in love with the way it rips its teeth through flesh, to see and understand and covet that depth of violent power. I want the story to end with a dead knight, a broken sword, a princess wreathed in flames, and a dragon forged her her will. Sit down with me and tell me about the dragon. Tell me how it fell in love and burned the whole world apart for it. Tell me how the story ended triumphant, but only for the careless hearts. Tell me how much it costs to care. Tell me how the knight was the only one who did, how he was the only one who died. Cool. I love it so much. I think it's so mm-hmm. good. So it flips the script on that kind of lore and also the idea of like growing up because, you know, we all want to be princesses or whatever, but our idea of what that means changes and a lot of people, they think that idea changing within them means they, they're they like, well, I don't want to be a princess anymore. I want to be powerful, but... A princess is powerful. A princess is powerful. Yeah. So. I like that media has started to get up on that as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, having more themes and storylines where it's not just a damsel in distress. It's actually someone who has authority. Yeah, definitely. And my sister, last Christmas, she drew this and then put the poem for me. Oh, that's awesome. So. So Christina's showing me an image from her Instagram of some artwork her sister did and what what a nice gift. Yeah, it was amazing. She was like, "This is the like Disney version cuz she wanted she wanted to be to get make me two. Mm-hmm. She hasn't yet, but that's fine. Uh, cuz I love this one. So, yeah. but she was like, "This is like the when they meet and then she wanted to do another one of um after the night is dead and she's like looking all badass and there's like fire and nice. stuff. Um, we should post this with this episode. Okay. <laughs> so everyone can see it. <laughs> so um so cool. So when you when you got the theme princess, did you like instantly go to that poem? Um no. I was thinking about because princess is such a um it's such a Im- important topic for me I don't know you know like just me personally it's just like a very it's something I'm very fascinated in and interested in and it's always been that way um so but there's so many di- types of princesses right so it's like honestly I was like what kind of princess do I want to write about you know <laughs> like, <laughs> and I that painting my sister did is in my living room and so I was like oh, maybe I can do, like, kind of a turn on that um, of, you know, the 
perspective of someone who is realizing that being a princess can mean complete power within themselves. Why do you think, uh, you know, princesses hold such a dear place to you? I think it probably all stems from, like, my dad calling me a princess when I was little. And then I love, I've always loved the idea of, I mean, I love Disney princesses, obviously. I grew up with those. And And your Drinks in Disney podcast? Yes, yes, (laughs) Drinks in Disney plug. But I've always loved the beauty that comes along with the idea of a princess, the delicacy, the preciousness. But as I've grown older, you know, I always wanted to be that. I always wanted to be beautiful and delicate and precious. Mm -hmm. But as I've grown older, like, you know, my needs and wants have changed, but not the idea. I see the strength in every Disney princess. Like, I've never been like, I know they're problematic. Right. Yeah. And if you listen to Drinks and Disney, I'll, I'll go into depth on this. But um, <laughs> I know every story is problematic. Any story told in the 1950s to the 1970s is problematic, or even today to today is problematic. But I see the innate strength and the message of femi- uh, feminism in every single Disney princess. So, and that's just something I've always seen. I don't know, like, so that has carried over. While other girls maybe were like, princesses, nah, not me anymore, you know, in their 30s. <laughs> I still see myself as that princess, but with the innate strength and power that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, so, wonderful. Yeah. I really dig it. Thank you. I love, uh, I love going down that, you know, rabbit hole of, how you came to this yeah and I love stories about women finding their power and then inhabiting their power Mm -hmm. like fully so yeah and this is more of a metaphorical story but it's Mm -hmm. like yeah that's like my shit (laughs) I've been feeling lately that like uh the metaphorical like in your headspace like storytelling is where I've been more like I want to get a little bit more active than that but I think maybe just because I write scripts all day like it's kind of nice to just be in that the visual, yeah. cloudy, foggy mm-hmm. area of stream of consciousness a little bit, too. Yeah. I don't know. So I really that dig this. Sense. Thanks! So next week we're going to have a guest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next week we're having a guest. Writer Sarah McDrury. Will be joining us with yes. a story of her own. It's probably going to be horror. Um, just like trigger warning, Cassie. <laughs> She's a horror writer. Just for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're. I, know, I get so scared. <laughs> get so scared, and Sarah like only writes horror. So great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're super excited yes. to hear from her. Yeah. Um, I'll be bringing a blanket and probably a stuffed animal. So safe. Uh, tune in if you need that with with those things as well. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. We don't want people to be triggered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, Take care, everyone. Okay, bye. (laughs) This episode of the Jammiest Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast was produced by Christina and Cassie. Music by the wonderful Grace Sai. Connect with us on Twitter at 
Bits O Jam podcast and on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. We're just like you and run on a healthy dose of compliments, as well as constructive criticism to improve the show. If commenting on story quality, be kind. These are rough drafts. We hope by sharing these stories and being open about our process and how we word vomit first drafts that you will be encouraged to word vomit your own. The most important thing about writing is to write.